All right, so Robinhood lays off a quarter of its employees. Wiz Khalifa tells DJs what they can do and offers them a, a two-piece special, and we're not talking Frenchies. All right, and also, I'm still jamming Beyonce's album, Renaissance. Also, man, rest in peace, Bill Russell. This week has been a doozy. It has How been you a doozy. Uh, I said it's not just Bill Russell. Who's the uh, uh, the the young woman, young woman uh, that played in Star Trek? She also had passed away. Really? Uh, uh, there's been a number of people that have passed away, but you got Bill Russell, uh, which now we're hearing all these stories come out about Bill Russell. So it's great to see people talking about him. Of course, I know you're a huge fan of the Beyonce album. I got to be honest, I still haven't listened to it. Uh, guys, this is like five weeks to pass, so don't get on me. By the time y'all see this, I probably have listened to it. So please don't attack me the way uh, y'all want to beat up Khalees. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's it. You know what? No, I think we said this before. We said this on Todd's day. People like Khalees. Yeah. Because I've never seen an artist say anything about Beyonce and everybody go, okay, okay, wait, wait. Let's hear what she has to say. I've never seen that happen before, ever. Like, I know. Ever. So Carrie Hilson got 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 molly whopped for yeah. even uttering Beyonce's name. Yeah. Anne Marie yeah. made a comparison, and she hasn't had a, a a single since. But I will say, you know, now there's certain reports. You know, Solange is unfollowing Khalees. Uh, wow. Kelly Rowland is unfollowed Khalees. Wow. I. Uh, it's not that I'm not interested in the gossip and things on social media. I would never be interested in necessarily always covering it. The people that have the boots on the ground that have to cover this stuff, like you're monitoring these people's accounts. Like, yo, yo, they gotta type it in. And Salon look. just unfollowed Khalees. They gotta stay up with that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. That's an extreme thing. And uh, as far I saw OG Ron C, uh, he said uh, he he defended the DJs which for sure look people uh you can like your artist you can like that's great you can also still say your artist is wrong i'm sorry threatening a dj and these are people just trying to make a living yeah because they didn't play your song millionaire you are a multi-millionaire <laughs> they didn't play their song there are so many other ways and that's the other thing like looking at perspective 10 years ago I don't know if you'd have been threatening a DJ. You would have been like, yo, let me figure out ways to get this DJ to play my music. Mm -hmm. And look, let's be real. I like Wiz Khalifa. Uh, I've never been like, oh, I'm always listening to Wiz Khalifa stuff. But you have all the avenues in the world to get your music out. Yelling at a DJ and threatening to fight them. And I saw people in the comments that was like, oh, you know, Wiz Khalifa can't. Y'all have not seen Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa kickboxer. Khalifa is bulked up, man. He is a bulked up kickboxer. He just smokes weed and kickboxes. When he says, and I saw his thing where he was like, he tried to brush it off. You know, oh, I'm a rock star. Oh, I rage. Oh, I party. Hey, man, don't threaten me because I'm not. You don't know what's happening. The club might have been like, yo, play this. Something might have been like, yo, play this. Your song might not have been in the right format. Your song might not have been right for that certain moment, but you gonna yeah, threaten me with physical violence because exactly. I didn't play it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it, and I agree with a lot of the DJs that have been like, "Look, that we're not having that." And I hope they're able to rectify it because I want Wiz Khalifa's music to get played. That's fantastic, but it got to be played in the right way. And threatening right. people, 
Well, for what? It's music. It's music. Like it's, it's this man's livelihood, man. It it it's whose livelihood? It's Wiz Khalifa's livelihood. You man. know who else's livelihood we're talking about? Everybody. The DJ's, the DJ's <laughs> livelihood. Yeah. That DJ gets paid. And my thing is, Wiz Khalifa could have a more. I think Wiz Khalifa has a more detrimental effect on that DJ than that DJ could ever have on Wiz Khalifa. Ever have on Wiz Khalifa. The only problem that Wiz Khalifa might have is because now you're getting this swell of DJs, thank God, amassing together and mm-hmm. being like, look, we're going to support our own. Because if you do this, who's the next artist that's going to run up on me and be like, yo, play this. Otherwise, I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> I'm like, die. I'm literally just here with my records, dog. Leave me alone. I got a wife. I got a kids. I'm trying to go home. Like, leave me alone. That's not the way you're supposed to do things, man. You got to come together. We got to come together as a people. I mean, all this negativity and this black cloud, but, you know, we try to stay positive. Black and ugly as ever. However, I stay Houston down to my socks. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's them again. It's them boys from In My Humble Opinion. I'm one of your hosts, the Highway 6 God, the Bold Bourbonite with Bravado, a.k.a. Vince McMahon's, a.k.a. Your podcast journalist, The Avery, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find me on all socials as T-H-E-E underscore A-V-E-R-I. Joined here with my brother, co-host and fellow podcast journalist and print journalist, up-and-coming media icon, Just Devon. Just Devon. The name is Just Devon because I'm just that. I'm not a media icon. I might be, uh, y'all will probably see me uh, featured in Eater because... The eater people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come on over here and work. And if it's one thing I know, people, is food. So <laughs> I'm going to be here with y'all, letting y'all know, like, the great stuff to eat in the city of Houston, which is go. a difficult job. It's a difficult job because there's so much good food. There's so much. Up and coming media icon, I say, man. Look at my brother there doing big things. All right. And where can people find you in the Utah YouTube and streaming land? Like, where can Let's they find you? Here. Let's see here. I'm DR Douglas on everything, and I'm just Devon. Look, I can't get just Devon. I'm sorry. I can't get just Devon on Instagram. That's my goal. Get just Devon on Instagram. My brother kept saying, oh, that's just Devon. That's what I wanted to get. But I'm just Devon on everything else. I'm Dr. Douglas on Instagram. I'm not. I am a doctor, but not the kind that you know is important. Like if you pass out, you don't need me. Uh, but it's just my first name and my middle name, Dr. Douglas without the S on Instagram. Just Devon on everything else. That's you it. Can, you could really find uh, both of us real simply if you just go to my humble uh on all socials and we just want to thank you bro everybody for tuning in uh, to in my humble opinion podcast you could be spending your time doing anything else but you're actually taking the time to you know listen to us and you know in the battle of attention it really goes a long way when you like share and subscribe to the humble hive all right and that's a great thing today i'm on my radio dj stuff today and nobody can stop me i learned from listening to the best in the city like you know Radio all-stars like the Miggity Mad Hatter and whatnot. And also radio DJs like uh, Mad Hatter and J-Mac actually had me thinking I could rap. Um, one of the things they, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
I know you do, Divine. Uh, it started off like this. It's the roll call. It's the roll call. It's the roll call. It's the roll call. Hey, what's up, y'all? What you got to say? Who's on the mic with Avery D today? All right, yes, I remixed it. All right. Now, if you're from where I'm from, you know exactly where that's from. You would listen intently to hear the answer to those three questions. What's going on? what that person has to say, and most importantly, who's on the mic with that radio DJ? There's something special about radio that a playlist can't capture. It's the comfort of knowing that you're experiencing the same feeling that others across town are feeling at the same time. The excitement of dialing into your local radio station request line and the reward that if you're lucky enough, you would get through and you'd be able to get on air and shout out your school, staking claims or win tickets to the show or even sending a special message to your crush over the radio waves. It's the soul of the city that stood tall in the face of an ever-changing market. For instance, right, cars used to have A-track players, cassette players, CD players, now they have Bluetooth, right? Now, everything I mentioned before Bluetooth is a relic of the past with only one constant thing being radio. Now, our next guest has had a passion for radio and music since the age of 14. By working with numerous Houston staples like Keisha Nicole, the aforementioned Mad Hatter and J-Mac, uh, Robert Baseman Washington, and JJ on the mic, just to name a few, to being responsible for breaking new artists in the Houston market. Fun fact, 979 was the first radio station to play Drake. All right, she's worked her way up through the industry by holding numerous positions to earning her spot as an operations manager and one of the nation's top program directors for Radio 1 Houston. She's joining us on In My Humble Opinion podcast to tell her story of what's going on, what she's got to say, and her future in the game of radio today. Talent coach, brand strategist, author, radio guru with a superior ear for talent, Boston's own but Houston's grown, humbly yours, Terry Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, Terry Thomas. Hello, thank you so much for having me today. And for the record, I need you to do my intro at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I sure um, will, I'll take you up on that. Off. In my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> now, how's it going? We wanna talk about, I mean, first, uh, just, and, and my brother did this whole history of the radio and let's go back and take a look at your history 14 years old mm. and you're like i at 14 you knew you wanted to be on the radio at 14 well let me backtrack i discovered radio you know as a really small kid so like a lot of us grew up you know pretty humble beginnings and in my house, my parents, you know, we didn't have access open. It's not like, you know, open access to the TV and all that jazz. So, but I had a radio mm. and so I always loved music. So the two things that I really, you know, had pretty open access to were, it was a radio and also reading books, right? So um, from the library. So I fell, my love affair began with radio just as a child who loved music. And so that's where I could get all the music I could stand at no charge. It was the radio. Yeah. And in my hometown, there was a uh, small community radio station based in my high school. And as a freshman at 14 years old, I walked in the door and I was immediately drawn to the space. 
And it was a really crotchety guy who was the general manager, you know, really rough around the edges. But, you know, this wide eyed, you know, wide eyed child sitting here like, I want to do this. And uh, he challenged me to get my third class FCC license. Now, that's not required anymore, but at the time it was. So I studied it. I passed it on my first go. And he made good on his promise to give me a shift after school. And that's really how it worked. And, you know, it was not even a year later and a really large radio station, uh, the program director ended up calling me while I was on the air and interested in hiring me. They had no idea I was a child. And so that's when the light sort of went off and, and everything came into full focus that this could be a potential career for me. And so that's really what, what solidified my path to go into radio. So you were offered a job at a larger radio station at that point. Yeah. How old were you at that point? Still 14? I, I just turned 15. <laughs> I just turned 15. So I started on the air at 14, just turned 15. And it was, um, you know, I brought in my dad's records, right? So my dad loved music and a variety of music. I mean, everything was in his collection. And so I would just bring my dad's music to the station and I'd play, the, you know, play what I had to play. It was his music. And so it was an oldie station. So that's the irony of it all, right? So you got a child who's, four, who's 15 playing music way beyond her years, <laughs> You know, and then you get you get an opportunity or an interest, you know, interest in an opportunity from an oldie station for someone so young. So, you know, that was sort of the thing. But that really helped, you know, galvanize my thinking and get a focus in high school of, of what I wanted to do and how to pursue that. So sort of brought all the things that I was good at together. You know, I was always interested in public speaking and creative pursuits and music and all of that. And it, it really, you know, that opportunity there really helped set me up. So you had to turn down that job, though. You I did, like, yeah. <laughs> Sir, I'm only 15 years old. He was blown away. And he really gave an encouraging word and said, look, you know, you have potential. You know, right. so I think if this is something that you want to do, if you pursue it, you know, he felt that I, you know, I had potential, you know, with, and I was just the speaking part then, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but my interest in the station, even at that young age, was always in pulling things together. I was, you know, trying to organize things and, and uh, you know, getting under the GM's wing with how can I help? What can I do? You know, even at that. And so, you know, that was also, I, I would say, the beginning of my love affair with how, with the larger vision and how to pull that together, which led me into programming, you know, along the way. So it was both, it was really special. And we're gonna get into like the kind of ups and downs and the everyday thing about having a career in radio, which is not, I don't think a lot of people realize one, uh, your radio DJ, anybody that takes a career in radio, they're usually moving around a lot. It's a lonely job. It's a mm. looking back, like, would you have told that 14 year old to still like, yo, this is going to be rough. Would you have told them to still do it? Or would you have been like, you know what? You always like this. You should go do that. <laughs> have you ever thought like, yo, maybe, uh, knowing, what you know now and seeing the trajectory and how radio has grown and changed and it's a completely different animal than when you were uh 14 would you have still gone along that path you know i'm, I'm not a person who lives in regret i just don't mm -hmm. believe it uh -huh. um i think for me and this is even from when i was really small i just two things one i always felt the hand of god on me straight up you know period yeah. always no matter how dark a time might have come to pass i always i always believed in something bigger than myself 
Number two is that I really don't believe in regret because I think that every experience that you have shapes who you who you are and who you are meant to be. And those tough times, nobody likes to go through it, but those are the times that really build your character. So there's really two answers to the question. One is, you know, I wouldn't change a thing about my path because it's made me who I am today. The flip side of that, if I was advising someone and people ask all the time about coming into the business. Now, I do have a different conversation with people wanting to be in it today because you're right. The game has changed. The playing field is completely different. The job that I do is completely different than this job, you know, 10, 15, 5, 25 years ago. Mm. It's a different job. What's required of the air talent is 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 different. You know, it's a very different career. And so I, when I talk to people now, and I talk to a lot of people that are interested, a lot of times interested in being an influencer because everybody wants that, you know, on the face of, right. Or the voice of now you have to be the face and the voice of, um, I advise them, you know, let's take that 30,000 feet view and I want to know why they want to do the business. And if I can unpack their why, which leads me to what is it that you personally, what box are you trying to check for yourself by doing this career? That really helps me help them sharpen their focus. And if they're going to go into it, eyes wide open, much better prepared, because this job is vastly different than it was. And it continues to change every day. Okay. Well, get, then what does it take to get on the radio band? Yeah. yeah great question. Um, I have never been a person, and and this is kind of interesting because I'm blessed to have some of the best sounding voices uh, in the city, in the country, on the station. Like you turn on Candy Eastman on Magic 102 and Man. her voice is like warm honey butter, you know, honey butter melting into a warm roll. Like she, so you know, her voice is, you're getting that ear hug every time she <laughs> speaks, you know, she just... Her voice, it's just, it's its incredible. Or KG Smooth, or I love that you mentioned Bassman. You know, I miss Bassman every day. Mm -hmm. He just had that, you know, it's the voice. And my husband, oddly enough, he has a voice. <laughs> so, but I don't necessarily look for that. You know, I'm looking for somebody who is comfortable in their own skin, comfortable with being imperfectly perfect. And, you know, they have a magnetic personality. They don't have to have the picture perfect radio voice. I'm looking for persona. I'm looking for heart, guts, and a willingness to be coached, to learn, and, a, and an ability to laugh at their own mistakes, a, you know, a good sense of humor about themselves. Because I think, you know, the business is so unforgiving. It's brutal. It's, mm -hmm. it's brutal for people. You know, you're being judged every day, every day when you put yourself in the public space. And you have to be a special kind of person to be able to work through that um, because people can be cruel, especially in the social media era where I can hide behind my phone um, and you never will necessarily meet me, but I have an opinion about you and I can vocalize that. So I look for those things. I look for somebody who um, is creative, somebody who can move the crowd. And, and people get that confused, move the crowd. Mm -hmm. Move the crowd is this. Do you have the ability to make such a strong connection with people that when you suggest that they do a thing, will they follow you? Mm. Because one thing that people miss about radio is that while sure, music is the heartbeat of what we do, 
but there's so many other things that fill out the soul. And part of the ability for us to keep the lights on and continue to exist and give away basically free music, right? Radio to mm -hmm. the public, we have to keep our lights on. So if our advertisers are not successful by advertising on our brands, then they're not going to spend money with us and I'm not going to be able to keep the lights on. So you have to be able to establish a relationship with the audience and a certain level of finesse to literally move the crowd. And so there's a lot of layers to what's required to be successful in radio. A lot of that is the influencer game. People get influencer confused. You might check for somebody who's got a million followers. That's cool. But what's their engagement like? Mm. Those are the things that I look like. You know, a lot of times you can look good on paper, but I'm peeling back the layers to say, well, what's really making that up? Because I would rather take somebody who's you know, got less followers, but the engagement is off the charts and they have an ability to move their crowd. Mm -hmm. That's a winner. That's a potential winner for me. The same for artists. I know we'll get into it, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You we're, don't have to be. You don't have to be the big artist with the big zillions of followers to be successful and to have a successful career that you can feed yourself and your family. You don't have to have the big, the biggest. You just have to have the best engagement. So, no, you know, those those are things I think about. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, one of the things that uh, you know, a lot of people always. Well, first, we're going back because we're talking about the 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 actual career of radio, and I feel like if people know the career of radio, people mm -hmm. can better understand what goes into it. Uh, <laughs> Radio is also one of those mediums where even though it has changed dramatically, I feel like from the outside looking in, people kind of still view it as the same way. Like, I'm like, that's a guy who's talking on the radio. That's cool. That's what and I was like, you know, it. what are some of the biggest changes that you have seen? Uh, and I'm not even talking about going back to when you were 14. I mean, literally just since the 2000s. What okay. are some of the major changes that have happened in radio in terms of how you guys operate and, and deal with advertising and everything? The internet changed the game, you know, and I think, it, it, you know, and I'll just be honest, um, the record labels got caught slipping too. I think radio did as well. Some mm -hmm. fared better than others. The internet pops into the picture and whether you're talking on the record label side, sort of what happened with Napster, et cetera, et cetera, where now all of a sudden your music's online, you know, for radio, you know, there was an arrogance about radio that online wouldn't, wouldn't matter in the long run as much. You know, you have a confidence and perhaps an arrogance or overconfidence in your terrestrial signal. You know, you think that radio, there isn't going to be anything that's going to be better, either better than radio or be compelling enough to take your attention away from me because we're all used to for as long as a car with a radio has been around getting in a car and there's a radio it's kind mm -hmm. of standard practice at some point the car industry put radios in cars and it came with the package right so radio and it's very you know oh we're radio nothing could ever happen to us brain you know, didn't consider that there would be anything that would compete for people's attention that would be meaningful. And so the biggest factor was the internet um, and the fact, the internet and mobile phones, because now 
your phone allows you in, at any given time a gateway into anything that could be taking your attention away from listening to radio. Let's agree that the first level is whenever you listen to the radio, you're always doing something else, okay? Most people listen to a radio in their car. When you're in your car and you're driving, you're driving. That's your first thing that you're doing, truthfully. <laughs> if you're smart, that's the first thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then the radio is on, right? So radio tends to be a medium that you're always doing something else when you're listening to the radio. Um, think about it if you're at home and you're listening to the radio. A lot of people you know, would turn on the radio on a Saturday morning. Maybe you're outside washing the car. Maybe you're cleaning your house. You got music going, you got the radio going, you got whatever's happening there and you're doing something else. So, you know, society a changed because the internet allowed immediate access into a whole bunch of other stuff. Our cell phone is making it very immediate, especially now that we've moved to unlimited data plans and things like that. So you can literally see and do whatever you want when you want to. Your choices have expanded. Well, so I think radio is still amazing. You know, it's if it, when done right, it's your gateway into the local culture of the community. When done right, um, but now there's other things vying for that attention as well. And I think radio didn't believe that there would be anything that could be compelling enough to take your attention away. And so that's been one of the hugest differences. And for talent, you know, it used to be just going to studio and it's about your record, you know, it's about your music. And there was one point where you go in, you had to queue up your own records, then here comes computers. And now you really don't have to do that so much. It's about, you know, doing your breaks. And now we have the internet. And if you're not where the listenership is, then you're setting yourself up to fail. And so I coach my talent. Yes, we, we have high value on the studio and what you're doing there and what you're putting out on the radio. But we also have to do things to make sure that your presence is wherever else the audience is. And they're on the internet. So it's social media, it's YouTube, it's wherever you know, podcast, for example, wherever we can put our talent and our brand, we need to do that because you have to connect with people where they are, because then it becomes really about the brand, your brand, the radio brand, and how are people engaging with the brand? And the more ways and the more touch points people can engage, the better. And when the internet first popped up and we're saying to jocks, you got to post, you got to get on social, you know, they're like, well, that's not what I signed up for. You know, I, I either went to school or blah, blah, blah. This is how I came in the game. I mean, think about Larry Jones, 40 something years in radio. When this brother started, there was no, he didn't have to post. <laughs> he had to hit the post, right? Not stomp on the vocals of the song, but he didn't have to post. You know, he didn't have to go live on Facebook in a show. He didn't have to get on, uh, he says, these internets. He didn't have to do that. And so now he does. Um, so, you know, that's made it different. I think radio is still great. I think it's just competitive. It's much more competitive because everything is our competition. Everything, not just the radio station across the block. It's everything now is, is competition. And, you know, the cream has to rise to the top. And I guess that's the other thing, too, where I was like, I, I have, uh, I got a subscription with my car to Sirius XM. And then I was listening to Sirius XM and then the subscription ran out. And I was like, Doc, I'm not paying for the radio. <laughs> so I started listening to 97.9 again. And I guess one of the biggest things you just kind of immediately notice is like Sirius XM is national. So there's not a real focus on like local anything. 
And how is that dealing with, especially as, you know, coming up, if there was going to be, you know, the 97.9 The Box car show, or if there's going to be anything local happening, whether it's local advertisement, whether it's local concerts, whether it's, and as somebody that writes and covers concerts, uh, and I write for like the Houston Press and the Houstonia, you always get people like, I didn't know about that. I didn't know this event was happening. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, do you read the press? Well, no, not really. Uh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know this event was happening. I was saying the same thing. I was like, I didn't know what's happening, but I wasn't really listening to the radio station. How do you get eyeballs and ears on what your content is when you have so many other things that, you know, people forget Bluetooth, aux cord, things like that. There are people that never turn on the radio in their car ever now. Never. And so how do you get those eyeballs and be like, hey, like you guys just threw a, a, a big concert. How do you get that information out there now to make sure that people know like, hey, this is something you would definitely be interested in. And 20 years ago, you would have been listening to the radio, but now you might listen to the radio once a week. Well, I mean, it force it forces it forces adapt or die. It forces us to alter. So one, you know, we we like any good brand, we have brands, you know, this is very basic brand statement, but in the example of the box, for example, 979 the box, real sound of H Town, what do we do? We serve the community. Now we do that in a variety of ways, right? Whether it's information, you know, entertainment, et cetera, et cetera, community service. Um, and why? Because they depend on us. So, and it's that's can be, you know, plugged into any one of my brands and, and we really detail that out, you know. So you have to all be believing in a common mission. I believe that our stations must super serve the community of Houston. And if you could pick up you know, my brand, if you could pick up magic, for example, and plop that down in New York and don't change anything about the station, I've failed because I think magic needs to super serve Houston. That's what it's for. Mm. Um, and a New York station needs to super serve New York. Um, you know, we've had to adjust with how we get the message out um, because we have to be cognizant of including the social spaces. One of the most arrogant things about radio, and this has always been, you know, to me, a lot of companies, not all, but a lot of companies, very arrogant about itself, feeling that I don't need to market my brand because I'm the radio, I have the mouthpiece, but I, I really do believe that you should market your brand. And then you've got to make sure that that brand, you are keeping that brand in front of potential listeners or even the listeners that do love you already, because it is about becoming and staying top of mind. Fortunately, with Box and Magic especially, you know, we have robust social media engagement. We're the highest probably in Radio One for the radio side of, of stations. But that's that's hard work, man. <laughs> As you can't let the ball drop. I mean, I lose sleep over some things because I'm always seeing how we could do it better. So you've got to be there. The other thing that I would tell you is that um, it's more important than ever. And, and I had two words when I started 2022 as to something I was pur purposefully going to try to put energy and, and, and sharp focus toward, and that's strategic partnerships. 
because radio is downsized, it's been homogenized and consolidated. You know, we fight the good fight and trying to make sure that, you know, we're less homogenized and consolidated as most. But even with that, it's strategic partnerships. Who are, who is, who are the movers and shakers in our community that are like-minded that we feel that we could create partnerships with um, for the betterment of both brands? So for example, when I first had the opportunity to meet you in person, we were at an event. We were at the uh, press junket, loud radio uh, and press junket. Yes. And that was a strategic partnership with Derek and loud music. And I appreciated Derek for approaching me with the opportunity. And he just wanted to sit down and have a convo. And it didn't take me long in that convo to understand that, hey, this guy has a heart for the city like I do. And with both of our brands, there's some energy to try to help each other out here, you know? So I think that's part of it too, is, you know, really making sure that you're developing good relationships with people and more importantly, doing good business. To me, good business, if it's a win for you and a win for me, that's good business. If it's a win for you, but not a win for me, not good business. Or if it's a win for me and not for you, not good business. So, you know, trying to be intentional on making sure we're doing good business with people, um, helps a lot um so you know it's just it's a challenging business um i still i believe or i wouldn't do it i believe in the business i could go anywhere i mean i've got skill sets that could transfer into a variety of you know other career paths mm -hmm. but i believe radio still matters and i believe there's an opportunity like the phoenix you know to really recreate where we are now and to make it stronger different but stronger so mm -hmm. I believe in it. And I believe we can still do a great job for advertisers. You guys do do a great job with advertisers. I mean, I just got hit.com. It's anonymous <laughs> with 979.com. I mean, 979. And that man grew his business. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's like anybody gets in a car accident and that's everybody's first response. They're like, did you call? I just got hit. Girl, I just, call, got, I just hit. got hit. Like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, A. No, I said, girl, I just got here. <laughs> well, Justin, Justin is a great partner, though. So, you know, this is a classic. I love that you brought up uh, Godsey Martin, because that to me is a classic example of like-minded people that believe, have a heart for the city, that have a heart for doing good business, have come together and done really, really good business. And, you know, Justin started here. Justin and David started here. And now they're here. You know, he Justin had the biggest year he's ever had. They had the biggest year at the at the firm last year that they've ever had. And every year they've been able to grow and they've increased their investment with us. But we've also collectively increased commitment to community. So there's things that we've done along the way that it's not just about taking the check. Justin and, and David are people that believe into uh, pouring into the community that they serve, you know, and to really serve back. So it's been really special. And I think, you know, we could do a whole other session on uh, philanthropy as, as marketing, but, you know, the, the place where it comes from, from those guys is a real place. And it aligns with what we're, we want to do at the station to serve the community. I was glad that you brought up Derek because Derek and I have talked a lot. He's been on the show as well. We've interviewed him for the press and, uh, yeah. He's also in a good position because he has a record label, just like mm -hmm. you guys are a radio station. And uh, he, he's going to get both sides of it. There are plenty of artists out here that are like, great job. I see what you're doing. And there are other artists that are like, nah, you're not doing enough. 
Like you could be doing this, you could be doing that. Uh, when it comes to the radio, I know it's still important because we interview indie artists and when their stuff pops up on the radio, people still will pull out their phones. Yo, I'm on the radio, I'm on this, I'm on that. Uh, one of the major things we hear from artists is like, how do you even get on the radio? And it starts to become, not only how do you get on the radio, but is it necessary to get on the radio? And then you'll see reports from like, I saw an interview with Wendy Day where she was like, at this point, if you ain't got like $10,000, I don't, I don't know what to do with you. And it didn't sound like y'all on paying a radio. It's like, I need money to work your record. This is a business. We've got to grow this. We've got yeah. to do this. So what are some of the parameters that you're looking for, for an artist to actually get on the radio, especially for people that are like, well, the main parameter I have is I got a lot of followers. A number of people are following, you know, like 40,000 people hit me, 100,000 people are on me, 500,000 people are on me. And then it's like, okay, so you're looking, what is it that you're looking for before it's like, all right, I think you're ready for the radio. Every, every song is not for radio. Okay. One of the biggest things right now is it's, you know, kind of been tough in the business. I'm gonna call it the easy way out. And I don't mean any disrespect, truthfully, to the streaming artists. What I mean is the easy way out is, you know, if a song is streaming, there's the assumption that song should be a radio song. I'm here to tell you right now, it's not always the case. Okay. Songs may stream, you could listen to it for what, five seconds and move on to something else. It's it's not always the case. It doesn't mean it's a bad song. It just may not be for radio. So I don't think every song is for every platform. I'm going to say that. Now, with that being said, you know, being able to articulate your movement does help. You know, if you are getting a significant amount of streams, I do think that that is hard won. And it's a factor in looking at you as an artist and really what your movement is. So we have to really dial it back and say, you know, in, what, do we, what does radio need to do to keep the lights on? We need something called ratings. I'm not gonna break down the formula, but in the short version of that, we need people in this community to listen to this radio station for a specific amount of time so that we get out, when we get our report card every month, that we're, we're able to achieve top rankings in our demo, right? So if you're listening to the box, you know, it's adults 18 to 49, right? If it's magic, our primary demo there is adults 2554. For praise, adults 2554 as well. Um, and then I would also share that uh, we want as many people as possible, but I would say certainly on praise, we're finding a great deal of success, specifically with African-American adults, 2554. So as an artist who's seeking radio airplay, is what you're bringing to the table going to make people listen to my radio station longer? Or is it going to bring people to the radio station that may not otherwise listen that I can convert into fans of radio. You have to be able to bring some equity to move the crowd. Now that's not to say that we don't break artists. We've done, a, I think a pretty solid job in Houston and there's gonna be somebody who's gonna disagree and that's okay. That goes back to what you were saying before. You're not gonna make everybody happy. No. But you know, because we want to serve the community, we have really been very intentional on finding and supporting uh, local artists in the city. Um, but the tail of the tape still needs to be there. You know, support has got to be 
equal, meaning that if, if there's support for your song and it's getting play, if it's not for providing results for the radio station, that's going to put me in a very tough spot. Because how do I justify playing your record when I know the new Chris Brown Drake duo is going to immediately get me listeners, immediately get me time spent listening? I'm willing to take the risk and put you in, but you all, your your song has to perform for us. So you got to have a movement on the song. Uh, you know, engagement or a buzz as an artist is very helpful. Somebody who's willing to promote the radio station as much as you want the radio station to promote your song, mm -hmm. you know, bring something to the table. And those tend to be the better relationships. And the artists that we continue to have close relationships have always worked in that way. And it's, it's you know, allowed us both to have room to be very successful. Now, with the fact that, uh, you know, since it's been happening for a while now, radio has become a lot more consolidated. Uh, whereas you used to have a whole lot of stations, yes. you have a lot less. Is there, because I think about like, you know, when mm -hmm. I was younger, you might have room for, one, there were, it seemed like there were more college stations. And then two, with the more stations, you have room for experimentation. So there might be somebody that's like, yo, we ain't looking for the most ratings. We're about to play all MF Doom for about 45 minutes. All right, cool. <laughs> That's just what it is. But is there room for experimentation in radio nowadays? Is there an hour like, yo, two in the morning? Y'all got it. You know, y'all can have it. Or do y'all even have the space for that anymore? Well, I mean, a playlist this is one of the first lessons I learned in radio. A playlist is a mathematical equation. Mm -hmm. X amount of records and X amount of categories play X amount of times, right? Record companies are seeking spins because they're trying to get a particular chart position. You know, I don't I don't always like to view what you're talking about, D, is really the lunar rotation is really what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to play your song. It's only in the middle of the night. And, and <laughs> so we're going to say that we played your record, but we really ain't playing it. It's just in the middle of the night. So, yeah, uh, you know, now Houston is a big third shift market. So we have tremendous listenership in the overnight hours. It's it's a function of the marketplace, though. It's with the large medical community, people that work third shift at the plants, yeah. you know, that type of vibe. So we actually do have listeners overnight, and our job is to serve them what they're wanting. Um, now, I love that you're using the word experiment because I do think we do take risks. I used to have on a completely local show. Man, that thing crapped in the ratings. I was trying everything I could do to keep keep it on, and it just wasn't performing. Um, now what I like to do is if I'm going to go ahead and take a risk on a song, I just take the risk on the song, um, you know, and there it is. So, um, mix show is still an area that, you know, uh, and a lot of the music that gets presented on the box side is certainly records that would play in mix show, uh, magic side. We take some risks there as well. Um, there's some really exciting R&B artists in the market that we look at, like Tanya Nolan, for example. I'm sure you know Tanya. Mm -hmm, She's yeah. been really at this thing for a really long time and just had her first, you know, she had a, another hit that was more on the dance chart. And I mean, the real dun -dun 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 dance chart. But Good Woman was a, is, is a real R&B record. And, um, you know, she had not only success on Magic, but also success nationally with that particular record. And so we were one of the stations that jumped into, the, well, we were the station that jumped into the fray early and that helped open the door, you know, for other stations as well, because we could then get proof that, hey, this song works. This song is worth the risk. So 
Um, risk is, is an interesting word. A risk could be, you know, and it doesn't speak to the local artist, but I'll give you an example of risk. So Walter D came to me, this is a few years back, and he said, if you play this song, it's gonna work on magic. And he hits his computer and he plays Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton. I knew the song because I'm a consumer of music. I love all genres. I love all music. And um, I'm like, it's Chris Stapleton. And he said at the clubs that he played that catered to the magic audience, this song is a huge hit. So I trust my DJ. He gave me some good information. I put it in. Two weeks later, I get a test back. And that thing is in power rotation and stayed in power rotation, you know, like for a year and a half. Jeez. So no other urban station might have taken a look at the record, but it was a record that worked for my audience. So I like to view risk as what record is going to work for my audience that's going to give us maximum return. If it, I love when it's a local artist. I'm here for it. It may be an artist that has a little bit of a different sound, but it gives me that return and it's a win. Another song that I could I could share, again, not a local song, but when the whole um, Childish Gambino album came out, the record guy was from Austin. He was coming in this market faithfully every two weeks. And it's like, is there anything, you know, he's from Glassnode. Is there anything you could play off, anything you could do with the album? And Redbone sounded like an old Bootsy Collins track to me. Really you yeah. know, I did radio in Ohio. I'm no Bootsy. So mm -hmm. I was like, man, that sounds like some old school, you know. And I said, well, I could hear that on Magic. I said, because it has a, you know, it has, it's reminiscent. So I put that thing on magic. That thing ends up being power. And then I saw a child, I saw Donald Glover. It was on TV. It was the award show that he was on. And he made the statement about the Migos and how much he loved the record that they had just put out. And I saw how his influence catapulted the Migos record. That's what made me put that song in on the box. Mm. I said, this guy moves the crowd with my yeah. audience. It's mm. worth taking the risk to put Redbone, which is not your traditional 97.9 The Box record. Let me see if what that could do. And put it in, it ended up being a power song on both Box and Magic. So we can do that with local artists. We could do that with just a really great song. It just depends. And that's the art and the science. You know, the art may say, take the risk, but it has to at some point be accountable to the science. I think you kind of talked earlier, uh, and and we kind of want to delve into that too. I I I kind of, it's almost like the TikTok effect where you were talking about just because something streams. Sirius actually has a whole TikTok channel, and this is kind of this running thing on TikTok. <laughs> like it's like you'll hear a ten second snippet of a song, and you're seeing everybody do these things to it, and it's like yeah, it's great, it's a great song, and then you hear the song, and you're like, oh my god, this song sucks. Terrible. <laughs> like I said, but yeah. I love that 10 to 15 seconds and that 10 to 15 seconds getting played over and over again, got a number of streams that that mm -hmm. that has got things up. Yes. How do you deal mm -hmm. with that kind of you've got people that are like, look, I got numbers, you know, what I mean, and how do you deal with people? You're like, yo, your numbers are not my numbers. Like your numbers are great over there. Mm -hmm. I that's a brilliant question. I have a way to deal with it. There's way so you have to sit here and this is where you got to unpack the bag. Honestly, D, you really do. You got to step back and say to the artist, 
put your business hat on, your CEO hat, what is it that you're really seeking? They're seeking exposure. That's what radio airplay is, right? It's exposure. It's it's all exposure. So I know that TikTok song is not going to work for, you know, two minutes on the radio station because after about 30 seconds, somebody's going to hit the button. That's not going to give me my five minutes of time spent listening in a quarter hour and it's not bringing me ratings. But there's a way to work with those artists and that music to expose it on our brands or via our brands. And it also creates wins for the artist because now you're able to take that exposure. It's helped you further to build your brand. And then if you've got good business hat, there's a lot that you can do with that. You know, a lot of those TikTok songs, they're ending up, you know, it's the NBA song for the season, or there's been a business brand who's decided to take your TikTok song. And now that's the, the Geico commercial, for example. You know, you're making a lot of money off those types of placements and it's helping to amplify your song. Is it a traditional radio airplane? No, but I think that's where people got radio jacked up at this point, including a lot of people that are in radio. Hmm. What do we really have to offer here? We are content delivery platforms. At the best sense of it, we're creating original, compelling content and we're, we're putting that out across our brands or we're also providing an avenue for some great content to make it out to people because they need it. They need a content delivery system and it's both. And so that's what radio can do for a TikTok artist. We can work together creatively to help you amplify your movement to solidify that and to get you at the boardroom, you know, for some big business deals. That's what really we can, we can do as radio. Now, speaking specifically about Houston, uh, Houston is, the fourth largest, I would argue, is probably mm -hmm. the third. I mean, uh, I listen, <laughs> okay, so I would argue, uh, given census data, we are probably the third largest market in yeah. the third largest city in the nation. I always find it interesting. Uh, you know, I, I listen to Hot 97 uh, and I listen mm -hmm. to Power 102. I listen to radio stations out of New York, Atlanta, uh, and LA. I watch WG in Chicago, which it dawned on me when I was like, dog, this is Chicago's like just regular TV station and they have such a large market. It, it gets broadcast to everybody. What is it that you think about the Houston market that has all these people? Do you feel that the Houston market is getting as big of the shine that it needs to get as opposed to some of these other markets? Uh, yes and no. I think that, um, one, we know this. We can agree. There's a lot of pride in Houston. We got we got mm -hmm. Texas pride. We got Houston pride. We're throwing up the age. I mean, that's that's serious business here. So there's a lot of pride in our city. I think one of the things that the people that live here love to experience is that, you know, it hasn't been wrecked, <laughs> you know, <laughs> by the overrun of whatever, right? Oh, yeah. We're able yeah. to pretty much stay pretty. We've been able to stay true to the culture of the city. And so I think what it is, is that people are fascinated by the culture of Houston, which has caused people to relocate to the city, whether it's on the low or whether it's in real life. You got somebody like 50 Cent, who is a diehard New York guy, right? Just has put roots in the cities, given back to the city, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that what we see in Houston is that there's been more of um, an interest and an embracing of the culture here. 
And people want to come here to sample our culture, not necessarily change it. I think that there's more opportunity should the city leadership be very strategic in bringing some of those larger opportunities to the city that you're speaking of. Like, what's it going to take for Tyler Perry 2.0? Like, who's the next person of that vein to set up, you know, and start doing more film here? We know a lot of film is happening in New Orleans. We know a lot of film happens in Louisiana. You know, what's it going to take for those opportunities or, you know, continue business opportunities? I think there are some really good business opportunities here with, um, you know, strategic uh, partnership with companies and bringing big branches of companies to the outlying parts of the city because that brings in business to the city. Um, I think in terms of the artists, I think that you, you we had a crop of artists that were really bringing that Houston sound and has sort of defined the sound of the city. And now I think we have the new crop of Houston artists which pay homage to the past and, and the path that is laid before them, but they're also experimenting with more of a national or international sound. And that's where you're seeing a lot of the artists that are breaking out on, on a national front. So I think you're seeing that, you know, as well. Um, so does Houston get his just due? I think there could be, there will be more opportunity in the city but I think people really just love the culture here. And I do think there's a desire to preserve the culture that we have because it's special and we don't want to water it down. Okay, okay. What do you think is most missed? The biggest criticism for 97.9 and, 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 and the partner stations, because Houston is the city, we're going to express mm -hmm. how we feel. What would you say is some of the biggest criticisms that you receive where you're like, look guys, this is not that, let me explain this way. Well, I mean, you're never gonna please every artist. You know, everybody thinks that they should be played. Everybody thinks they should have access and opportunity. I think there is opportunity. I think you just gotta earn it. Um, and so that will always be you know, something, no matter where you go in radio, that's, it's kind of the common complaint, you know, I'd hear you play too many commercials, but what can I say? When I was on the air every day, it would make me nervous if there weren't enough commercials on the law, because I knew the money wasn't coming in and my job might be in jeopardy, right? So, um, and I think that just comes from a lack of understanding, you know, everybody wants the shine, everybody wants the access, you know, are you willing to do the work to get it, you know, is always just sort of my response. And I, I understand that, you know, we don't play every, we don't play everything. And along the way, there's been some top records I haven't played. And I don't mean local, I mean national records. It just, you know, because it just could, didn't make the cut, you know, just what was happening at that particular time. Like there's been times where I've really skewed heavily local with the music, you know, um, and maybe didn't get to all of the big national records. You know, those are choices that I made at that time. Some paid off, some might not have, but those were particular choices. You're just never gonna please everybody. We try to do our best to do good business with people. We try to do our best to represent the community. Um, we're always interested in, in looking at, you know, how we could be better for sure. Um, but I also have just a realistic view of, everybody isn't always going to be satisfied is it you know you got to go with other majority of people are you serving the majority of people the best that you can 
And the ones that aren't, you know, have a fair conversation with people. And if there's a way to work together and be better, then that's great. And if not, you know, everything isn't for everybody and you just have to be okay with it. And, you know, my brother opened up with an intro where he was saying, you know, one of the things where you're talking about all these art forms, uh, these art mediums that have happened in the car. And the one thing that has remained constant is the radio. Uh, where do you see, mm-hmm. I mean, the radio has toughed it out. Like every few years they come out with an article and they say, hey, the radio is dead. And then two years later, radio is still here for the next article telling us that the radio is dead. And it's like, it keeps on promoting. But again, like I said, since we started this podcast, we'll interview artists, we'll follow artists. And when their song pops up on the radio, it is still that touch point moment. Like it's still, you know, in the Jackson 5 movie, when they first hear their song on the radio, it's still, yo, the Temptations movie, they're playing my song on the radio. It's just different. Now everybody's got a phone to record it. Where do you see with all the changes that have happened in this industry, where are some of the trends where you see this industry going now? Okay. Um, One, I love what you just mentioned because recently that experience happened for Talamisha. And the video, you know, the video's out there. She hopped out. I think Beat King was with her and snapped that thing. And, you know, I smiled so big because I do believe that. And I think that is a function of just the, the box. And, you know, the box is a part of the culture of the community. And I think part of that is like, it's cool to hear your song on the radio, but it's also really cool for someone who grew up listening to the box. So, um, it's just beautiful. Gave me chills when I saw it. I just grinned. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, and radio is still an amplifier. So, you know, but we can also, we gotta, we gotta go into this thing eyes wide open and D I don't know if you have kids. I do now, you know, blessed with four bonus babies. <laughs> and if it wasn't for me, they, they would, they would not be checking for the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are not growing up with the radio. Like we grew up with the radio. Um, there's too many other options. And so that, you know, the article that you talk about that comes out every year, like radio is going to be in the car. Well, it's in the car as long as people demand for it to be in the car. And right now the buying power in the country is where it is. And so that's why the radio is still in the car. But when the next, the future generations come up, you know, if they're not attached to radio like we are, then they're not considering that a priority. And then where is radio at that point? So my long and winding road or answer is this. We have got to create great content that connects with people. And we've got to um, serve the communities in which we serve. Because I think my goal for the stations that are in my purview is like, if you're coming to Houston, there's certain places you know you're going to go. Like when I was moving here, it was Papacitos. I mean, Papados, rather. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, you're going to have Papados, you know. You hear about Papados, you might have heard about, you know, the Breakfast Club, Marcus's restaurant, you know. Now you probably hear Turkey Leg Hut, you know. Yes, yes. Um, there are certain things that are synonymous with the city that you have to go and see, taste, feel, sample. My goal for my brands is that you also know you need to sample the box. You need to sample magic. You, you know, at some point, praise is the baby of the bunch, but you, you need to sample praise. Um, because we're bringing to you the flavor of the city. 
Um, I think if radio digs in deep with that, that's healthy and that helps to keep us connected, you know, to the community and be passed down. You could go to your family reunion and there'll be certain music. It doesn't matter how old you are, but that music is passed down because it's being handed to you. It's like a rite of passage, right? Yeah. Where you got little babies that know, you know, Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and Mays, because that's the song that's, you know, it's certain things about the culture. You know, my goal is for my brands to be embedded into the culture where people feel that it's a rite of passage. So that Talamisha moment was beautiful because that was that playing out. You know, it's tough, it's a tough haul. You know, we've got to create compelling content. We've got to serve the people in real time. And we've got to do a really, you know, better job always, I think, in all areas, but also, you know, making sure that we're touching people socially so that you may not be listening to the radio, but you can connect with one of our talent or connect with one of our brands if you're in the social spaces. And that's keeping the brand viable you know what I mean, for what it could be for the city. So we've got to evolve the brands to make sure that we're doing a good job of, of um, representing the culture, embedding the culture of Houston and, and, and making sure that we're connecting with people through all aspects of what we do. What are your current plans that are in place in order to evolve the brands then? I'm sorry, honey, cut out. Give me that again. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what are your current plans that you have in place to evolve the brands? Well, not all I could reveal publicly because I'm okay. still proprietary <laughs> <laughs> information. Yeah. Um, but um but I would but I would say you know, it's um good and healthy to connect with people that are the movers and shakers that are people with vision in the community um strategic partnerships you know how can we work together to create something that's benefiting everybody i think that matters um you know um we i listen i listen to we listen a lot you know uh read a lot look a lot you know try to see what we can do. You know, radio has suffered like everyone else where, you know, I'm working with a quarter of the staff that I used to work with um, because of downsizing, thank you, COVID. Um, so how can we maximize our resources to um, maximize our connection? Um, you know, I think of those, I think about those things. And then, you know, just creatively, like if there's a really dope idea you know, that we can work together to facilitate. And I'm doing some of that now on praise. Um, got some things in the works there that could positively impact the inspirational culture in our community and deepen the connections for the radio station. You know, just looking at looking at everything we could possibly do. We, we want to do good business. We want to serve our community. We want to serve our clients. We want to serve our team. You know, radio is a service job. If you don't have a, a spirit of serving, customer service, serving, then it's not the field for you. If you're in it for the me, 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 mm. it, it, to me, I have no interest. And then I guess the other thing, because we've talked a lot about uh, the content creator. We've talked about the artist. Uh, but I like that you're mentioning, you know, like the businesses where you talk about, you know, before people used to come down here to Papados, Papados, Simonimus, then Turkey Lake Hut. If you're a business, uh, and some businesses might think that's a little daunting, like, hey, I'm a small business. I don't know. I might not. What are some of the things you're looking for as as just a small business where you're like, 
I, I should probably be advertising on 97.9. I should probably be advertising on 102. I should be advertising on Mesh. Yeah. How do they go That's about That's an awesome question. I mean, there's things, we're, we're highly, you know, we're highly aware of wanting businesses to grow. Okay, our business needs to grow, but our businesses isn't going to grow if there aren't businesses that are growing. So, you know, we instituted as a company things like Buy Black Tuesday, for example. Um, and then just locally, you know, we've created some programs easier for us online now, right in this particular moment that is helping to educate, you know, the um, entrepreneur just on education aspect of how to how to really launch a business, how to get your business in order. We've done uh we've done classes on you know marketing for small businesses or how a small business can use radio to try to help grow business the other thing i do want to mention is that it's bad business to take money from somebody who's not ready for what that brings mm. you know th there's a responsibility with it i know what our brands can do for businesses i know it i've seen it firsthand time and time again you know we amplify for music artists we also amplify for businesses and if your business is not ready to handle with what comes with advertising on the radio stations then it may not be time for you to advertise yet <laughs> so i think there's a lot of different questions that need to be answered and i think too you know a, a business has to know what success looks like. And I don't mean just the base level. I want to make money. Yeah, I know. I get that. But can you specifically quantify for me with an advertising campaign what you really want to get out of that? Because that helps me craft work with the team and we craft the message that'll help you get there. I know that our stations move the crowd. I see it play out. Time. I, I know it in my soul. I know that the radio stations move the crowd, period. Hmm. When the message is right, and the vision is clear. There isn't anything that we can't do that will help amplify your business, but you have to be in alignment for that. And you have to know you. Like, I can't answer your questions for you. You have to know what you, what, you're, what you see for your business. I love that you mentioned again, you know, to Godsey, David, uh, Justin Martin and David Godsey, because they had a specific vision and they've been consistent. Um, and you've got to be able to play it for the long haul. Same thing with the artists, right? There's a lot of guys, and you know this, D, because you've been around, you know, Derek, and, you know, he's got his label, but, you know, you've also been acquainted with other sides of the business. There's a lot of independent record promoters out there, yeah. um, and they're happy to take a bag or 10 from you to promote, to work your record. Um, but, you know, you have to know what you're doing with that. You have to know what the product is. Everything is product. Everything is marketing. You have to know how something is going to connect mm -hmm. and you have to be in it for the long haul. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It takes consistency. Radio is a frequency medium. What that means is think about, again, the point that I made earlier, whenever you listen to the radio, you're always doing something else. So whether it's your favorite song or an advertisement that comes on, you know, there needs to be a certain amount of repetition so that it cuts through the clutter of people's everyday life. And there's a lot of clutter out here. And radio's got it better than some others, because think about the five seconds you might spend with YouTube and you're pushing play to get past that commercial they stuck on your video, right? You're not mm -hmm. really trying to hear the message. So as soon as you hit those five seconds, you're gone. So radio, I think, can do better than most because we can be creative with the spot. We can we do things to try to get you to listen through the commercials or listen through the promo. Um, but you got to be ready with what 
you know, for what that's going to come with, you got to be able to commit and be consistent with it. And you got to be willing to communicate with your radio partner. You know, if something isn't working and sometimes that happens, I'll get an account executive. Hey, client says the campaign's not working. Now, that's really when I get involved and I'm like, okay, well, let's listen to the message. Two things. What does success look like for the client? Is the client clear on what that is? And then the other thing is what's the, what's the package? What's the message that's out here? You know, and sometimes clients, and, and I mean this with love, I'm really do. I get it that it's cool to hear yourself on the radio. It's a freaking cool thing. I remember being a kid and my request got through and it was cool. And it's really cool to do that, especially when you love a brand, like people love our brands. Um, but you may not, your message may not be crafted well enough to move the crowd. Doesn't mean you couldn't possibly voice it or be a part of it, but we've got to step back and say, well, look, how is your message going to move people to get your desired result? And can we put together the message that's going to optimize for you? So there's a lot of pieces that go into it, but, you know, I think any small business needs to have marketing set aside. There's a lot of ways that we can help people market, whether it's digital to start, and maybe you're growing up and growing onto the radio. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of ways that we can do it. We do do it. Uh, endorsement campaigns. I mean, there's, there isn't anything that we can't do, but you have to have budget, time, commitment to be able to really do it so that it's going to pay off for you. Now, the other thing about radio is, and you were talking about talent, you guys invest heavily in your talent. You push them out and people get used to hearing them. Yeah. Uh, a number of critiques. Mm -hmm. uh, we usually have stations like, hey, man, you know, I listened to them all the time when they had the morning show, but now they was gone, so I don't listen to them. Or, you know, I listened to them when Amir Diamond was on, he was real, and then now that's gone. And uh -huh. how, uh, I guess, what is your response to uh, items like that? Because, you know, a lot of times people just kind of side with, hey, that, you know, sure. I don't know why they got rid of such and such. I don't know why this person's not there. I don't know why this is not that. That's what I like listening to. Mm hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, we we all and I say this, you could be in my staff meeting, Dean, I'm going to remind you this. We all serve at the pleasure of the president, meaning when you don't <laughs> own it, you know, the company's decisions. And I'm not trying to, you know, place blame elsewhere. I'm just being honest, you know, yeah. you know, um, change happens. But I understand. So somebody coming to me, bringing me heat because somebody they like to listen to isn't there anymore. First thing I do is empathize. Because just like you miss them, I might miss them too. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I understand yeah. what it is with radio. Radio is that silent partner that you have that's not silent. That's that friend mm -hmm. that you have. You get comfortable with the routine with radio. When you wake up in the morning, that radio is on. You got used to hearing the roll call or whatever time you heard that roll call. And you, your day was set right because you heard something you were familiar with. And I've been very blessed to work with some of the most amazing talent at these brands and others. And they are, they're your friend, they're your crew, they're your squad. And when change happens, that's really hard. It's yeah. freaking hard. And it's hard for the guy or the gal that's going to come behind the change because they got a job to do. Because again, we serve at the pleasure of the president. We all got a job to do. So I would say first I respond with empathy because I understand, you know, your world has now been rocked. 
So, you know, um, we have, you know, Keisha, J-Mac and Jess, for example, Good Morning H-Town. Mm -hmm. And they, this again, takes time. You know, they just pulled in a book where they were number two, you know, in the market for mornings, not just the young hip hop station. I'm talking about the number two morning show in the marketplace. That was no small feat. So, you know, it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes understanding why people are uncomfortable with change and doing the best that you can one by one to convert those people over to what you have now. Okay. Okay. Cause I know, I know people thought I was going to go with, I mean, we talk about shows like people talk about the roll call. I thought the most, the best song on 97.9 was Shelly Wade's theme song. Like if you know it, look it up. I'm not going to say yeah, the uh, Friday. Oh, right? I, is yeah. it the Friday song? The Friday song? It was Shelly Wade and the, the box. The Friday? L7, it was the L7 Good the morning. box. Song. No, 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 no. This was uh okay. 97.9 97. the box. 9 the box. L7 oh, I don't, okay. the box. I it, was it was a lot. It was a lot. My mom would play that so much. Wow. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, I just associate this. And I was like, no, like Shelly Wade not on the box no more. So <laughs> it, it is you get mad. Yeah. You get mad. Yeah. Look, the guy I grew up listening to in because I'm, you know, Boston bred, Houston fed. This guy Maddie in the morning, who was on Kiss 108 FM, which was the big station in Boston when I was a kid. That's the station I listened to uh, a huge part of my childhood. It was locked and loaded on that station. The morning guy, Maddie in the morning, just retired. The guy was seventy something years old. Now, as a radio programmer, you know that station is a young station. That's that's pretty wild that a guy was able to get into his seventies and still be the morning guy on a very yeah. young radio station. So kudos to him. But I felt some kind of way when he retired. I was sad. And I haven't lived in Boston for many, many years, but <laughs> you know that's like a part of my childhood. What do you mean, Maddie in the morning is not on the radio? Mm. So, sure, I understand. What do you mean, Mad Hat is not on the radio? What do you mean, Miss Shelley Wade isn't on the radio? What do you mean, Amir is is over here? I get it. I really understand it because I've been on the radio and I've been the person that's left. And people find their way to you some kind of way. Facebook years later, oh, man, I can't believe you're not on whatever. You know, I understand it because when you do it right and the people you mentioned do it right, they yeah. have developed a bond with the audience. Yeah. Business decisions happen, right? But that bond, you can't you can't erase that bond. All we can do, it's like that best friend that you had. You were in school, you had the, your, your best friend. You were, oh man, that was my best friend, right? Best friend moves away. You feel a way about that. Yeah. You know, now you're looking around, you feel like, man, I don't have a best friend. And there's some other kid who's thinking you're pretty cool, who's been trying to build a relationship with you, but the best friend was there. They hadn't had the opportunity to do that. And you don't want to give that best friend no air, that pos that new guy. You don't want to give the new guy no air. Man, whatever. He's corny, he's whack, he's whatever. But then little by little, you're able to develop. And all of a sudden, one day it hits you like, you know what? This best, this new person isn't the old person, but they're not a bad new person. And maybe I could be friends with them too. And so that's really, you know, what happens is I understand it. You've lost your best friend. Now my job is to coach my talent to hang in there and to do the right things and to develop trust with you so that they might have a shot at being an additional friend in your circle. And then also people might not understand the nature of just uh, radio. You can also explain to them where uh, it's not it's not a stationary job. You're from Boston. You know, I mean, it's not like a. Yeah, I, 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 
yeah, I come up here and I'm going to be in this region forever. There are plenty of people, of people we know from here that are like, yo, I got a job at such mm -hmm. and such. Uh, 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 Brand, Brandock was Brand working for 97.9 and now mm -hmm. he's over at ESPN. You Think about, know, I love, you You mentioned Shelly Wade. True story yeah. about Shelly Wade. Shelly Wade from here in Houston, Texas. And the, and I didn't know Shelly at this time. I know her now because we have the, the familial connection of anybody that's worked at one of these brands, you just automatically connected. So I did not know Shelly when she worked here. I had the blessed good fortune to meet her many years later. But Shelly Wade had a dream. She wanted to work at Z100 in New York. Mm. That was her dream. And, you know, she just had that desire. And she's Houston proud, no question. I mean, you see her on Facebook, she loves her hometown. But that was in her soul. She wanted to work in New York and she wanted to work at that station. So she connected with that station and she sent them tapes and auditions and kept trying to build a network, et cetera. And so one day that dream came true for her. And Shelly Wade was on her way to New York City to work on Z100. That was her dream. And I know people, because Shelly's magical, people felt a way about Shelly leaving, I'm sure, because she was amazing. But that was her dream. And in this particular case, she left because she wanted to pursue her dream. And then imagine how challenging that was for the person having to come behind such an icon like Shelly mm. Wade. Mm. Man, that's big shoes to fill. You yeah, know, people yeah. mad. They're mad. You don't sound like her. You aren't her. And they're not. You can't be what somebody else is if what somebody else is, they did it the right way. So it's a tough position. And it's the business. Yeah. But, you know. I've been blessed, man. We have had some amazing talent. I still have amazing talent. We've had amazing talent. I've had just the blessed fortune to work with some amazing talent. And even, and I'm selfish. I don't want any of them to leave really in my soul. I love all my my, my people because you build such a sense of community and family and all that. But, you know, life sometimes happens the way it happens. So, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, we, you know, we talk to a lot of indie artists. They're going to kill me unless we ask. Uh, okay. It's one of those things where uh, so far I haven't seen a lot of uh, comments on y'all's side, but just talking about the Trey situation, is there anything that y'all can ever say about it? Or is it just something where you're like, no, nah, we're not going to speak? Nothing to say on it. We <laughs> okay, okay. That's part we, you know, everything that needs to be said has been said. We wish yeah. him the best, you know, truthfully. And that's really all there is. Yeah. That's understandable. That's understandable. And then uh, just, and you know, just to end on a brighter note too, who are some of the artists that, and we have seen some artists that y'all have highlighted, like uh, specifically like Ken the Man, mm -hmm. uh, we saw coming out of like, I'm just a big fan of Ken the Man. Who are some of the artists just here locally that you're seeing that you're like, these are the people that we support, or not just necessarily support. I want to see more of these people as I see them rising on the national scene. I am so excited about the movement here in the city. It's just really great. When I came in, it was a particular movement. It was Paul and, and Slim and, um, you know, of course, Zero, you know, still, um, but um, to Kiki, ES, that whole time. And then now it's a new time. And, you know, you got Beat King out here. And I just love every moment of his success mm -hmm. nationally. And I know he, you know, he's wild. He is. But talk about a phenomenal human being. He's a phenomenal human being. Um, I love Ken the man. I love the fact that she held out 
and wouldn't sign with people. They were throwing big checks her way, but she waited mm -hmm. until she felt that something was going to be to her benefit. I love that. Um, I think Lolita Monroe is exciting. Oh, yeah. I think Montaleo is exciting. Max O'Cream is exciting. I love Don Tolliver. Toby, of course, goes without saying. Um, I think Colleen Crusoe, who's been here, she's uh, related in terms of the Frenchies franchise. That's her family. Yeah. But she has an R&B song that uh, is is starting to make some make some noise on the scene. I love, um, and she's been at it a very, 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 very long time, but she's <laughs> hanging in there, pursuing her dream, and she's got something. I'm like, yo. Yeah. Then there's another um, artist that I connected with recently. Um, you know, the nine to five really is that they own vegan based studios, um, but the artist from their label, Dom, Dom has a really dope song out that I'm having an eye on and an ear on. Um, Shoot, there's just a lot of good artists from Houston and the area. Fat Pimp, still doing it. Love that. Uh, love the whole Art of Ratchet idea. think that's really cool. Um, Cody Blake is real interesting Interesting to me. Skyra as well. I know they're on the loud imprint. Um, man, there's so many. There's so many. Yeah. I think that's what I love the most. There's so many. DJ Cho's, EXO. Mm. Yeah. Oh man. I'm about to say DJ, DJ Chose, who is also a country music singer. For real. Uh, yeah. Which is a big thing too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, I love all of that. I love the Suffers, and they, you know, they have uh, Cam Franklin Suffers. Yeah. You know, they just put out an album. It's normally more on the alternative, and you know that because yeah. you're a music writer. She got a little, they have a song on there and it might work for the R&B format. So I love to see the potential of what that could turn out to be. So I think, um, and then inspiration. Let's talk about the Walls group, Marcus Jordan. Uh, man, Zacardi Cortez has not even scratched the surface of what his career is gonna be. Hmm. Um, my gosh, there's so many. Houston has such rich music. And one of the coolest things that I would say was, I don't want to say discovered, but affirmed. We know the hip hop scene and we know that people want to talk ATL, Shawty, but Houston is a gospel mecca. Let's yeah. give credit yeah. where credit is due, right? Yeah. We got the first lady of gospel music, Yolanda Adams from right yeah. here in Houston. Let's just start with that. Um, but we did a contest recently where we were looking for who got next on the R&B tip. And R&B is really happening here and oh, yeah. there's there's a scene of local artists that are you know they're still cutting their teeth a lot of them but there's a vibe and a scene here for r and I'm in love with it I think it's great so man we're really killing it on a lot of musical fronts um and I just love the energy of what's happening and I'm excited to see how we could be a part of the movement and support it and yeah yeah absolutely because R&B is a huge thing that I feel like gets ignored a lot and Houston is a is a rough like you gotta i think you gotta bring it like where like yeah yeah you know like when they say new york is like if you can make it here you can make it anywhere <laughs> houston r&b artist if if people in houston say you can sing like amongst the group you can sing so when it's like a jack freeman or a peyton or a Lenora or Din Din Din. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. yeah you can sing i don't care how long you've been doing it I don't care however it's been. It's like, yo, somebody down here says, oh, you can sing. I've seen them. They are out. They really sing. 
Lenora, I love the whole Lenora and the Mile High Club. I mean, yes. and here's somebody, I love her because she has a clear vision for herself as an artist, I think. Yes. And I like that she's doing it her way, similar to Dom over at Vegan Bay. Uh-huh. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I like that. I like that these women are staying true to what they see. I also want to throw in there Cat St. John. Yes. And I want to throw Cat in there for a different reason. Not to take anything away from the music, but she's a she's a force. She's a business woman, mm. like a business. And I love her for her tenacity, commitment to her business. And a lot of people don't realize like she's doing and has done also a lot of writing and producing for YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I I just think Kat has vision and I, I love to see that. And I, I will say this too, life has a way of throwing curveballs to all of us. And I appreciate um, somebody's resilience and ability to pivot whichever way the wind has blown for people. And I think Kat, I like to say, is one of those individuals where initially she was thinking maybe it's one thing, but boy, when she was really able to pivot, she's really popping in a variety of different ways that people don't expect. And that really is credit to her and her ability just to step back and say, okay, my talents are leading me in a few directions and, and just being strategic about where she, where she went and what moves she made. So I, I really appreciate that. The music business is unforgiving. It's really tough. If you want to make money at it, it's really, really, really tough. If you want to make music, knock yourself out. But if you're really trying to make it a career, it's really unforgiving and it's really hard for people. It's tough on your mental. It's tough on your financial. You know, it takes a different type of commitment as a human. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it if that's what you feel led to do. It just means you got to really dig in for the long haul. And so we see a lot of the artists now um, that have dug in for the long haul that are now, after a long time, seeing some success. I think about Beat King. He's one of them, mm -hmm. right? This cat, man, he's been at it. I used to call him the Khaled of Houston because he just mm -hmm. had a way of finding an artist and making something super catchy. You know, but I, I think he's different than that. I think what we're seeing from him is he's just refining and growing. He's also paying it back because he's working with different people. He always has done that. But, you know, he's taking what he's doing and he's getting into different cities. And he's just a dope guy and people really like him when they meet him. That's the yeah. other thing that I find special about Houston. People have a humbleness about them. They want to be successful and there's a confidence about what they do. But I think there's also a bit of a humbleness about uh, a lot of the artists from our city that just really make them endearing to other people. And that helps to keep our movement going and spreading across the country and across the world. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. Especially when you talk about artists like B King, who yeah. every story we hear about him is, you know, a number of DJs yeah. like coming up. I mean, we're like, he's been doing it 10 plus years and they're like, yo, B King will come up and bring the song to you, to the club, listen to it yeah. years, go back home, rework the song mm -hmm. to make sure it sounds right and then mm -hmm. bring it back up to you. So yeah. I, you generally feel like from a lot of people where they're like, yo, he just deserves it. Like that's he what it is. he's put in the work and he was definitely not on the list. When I was talking about people, like you listen to a TikTok song and it's not good. 
the kids discovering Beat King, like 10 years of Beat King on TikTok, they like all his music. Cause I, yeah, that's I, different. I'm like, and yo, y'all are listening to Beat King? Like, they're like, yeah, it's- Yeah, I mean, that's dope. Music. And then also think about people like, yo, like Beyonce album just dropped, you know, I'm in the Beehive, I'm a card carrying member, but we got people here like Latoya Luckett. You know, mm -hmm. Latoya, you know, definitely music, but also has found her stride with acting and fashion and different things. You know, like her ability to pivot and to, to really fully explore her talents in a lot of areas, that helps put some really dope shine on our city. Just to say like, look, we got a lot of depth here and there's a lot of people in a lot of different ways that have something to bring to the table. And it's really cool. And it's also cool to see how, you know, no matter where they go and what they do, they take Houston with them. And that really also, they're all brand ambassadors for the culture, the culture and the magic of what makes Houston, Houston. So I just think that, you know, there's a lot of dope art, a lot of dope people. We could talk about the art artists here, you know, the ones that create all the murals that people want to come and tour. Like you can go on Groupon now and they got whole tours. You can segue tour all the murals in the city. And that's because we have really dope artists here that have found a way to, to represent our culture on the side of a building enough so that people want to go and take pictures in front of it. That's freaking cool. That's cool. That is dope. That is dope. That's dope. So Terry, where can, where can uh, the people find you at? At Terry Thomas on social. On all socials. At Terry, Terry Thomas Inc. on Twitter, but at Terry Thomas on socials. Terry with an I. Terry with an I. <laughs> Thank you so much for staying in and coming out at the same time and joining us on In My Humble Opinion podcast. We just really, you know, enjoyed you giving us some game. I, I'm so glad that you're able to shine a light on exactly what you do because you get blamed for a lot of stuff and it's undeserving. Like, <laughs> that means a lot to me. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Like, it's, it's the truth. It's a job, people. She got to, you know, the, the lights got to stay on. All right. Yeah, man. I serve at the pleasure of the president, you know, and, and <laughs> but, and, and I, and I say that because I, I just, you know, because I, it's true. Right. But I think sometimes, you know, people, no matter what job you do, you know, if you're, if you're not the one signing those checks, paying people, you know, you're, you're serving someone, yeah. you know, you're, you're, it's, and ultimately it's their vision and we can do the best that we can to be great ambassadors and to accomplish the goals. But, you know, I can't lie. Radio one's been really good to me. I've been able to experience a really long career and have had a lot of freedom to do some things that people that work at other companies don't have, you know, the, the support for the local artists. And I know people will say it's never enough and I understand it um if it's your record that didn't get played right <laughs> um but that's because there's been a certain you know modicum of support and them saying hey if you're getting the ratings you know they're giving you a lot more rope to work with there so you know just been very blessed and I have the most amazing team jq is my right hand man hands down awesome. and then the list goes on from there i have the most incredible team av was doing a lot with me on praise especially and helping on magic and just my talent you know i get to work with j mac every day like come yeah. on life is grand <laughs> j mac does not age at all I've no never... he does not it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> once again Thank you really for coming out. Once again, this has been a In My Humble Opinion podcast. I'm Avery. That's my brother, Jess Devon. And we've had Terry Thomas with us. So 
Humbly yours. H-Town is too sweet. H-Town is too sweet.